What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 47 of The Overview. I'm Chan V, and joined today by Fish Sticks, of course, my co-host. What's up, buddy? What up? What up? Just uh, got back from the TESPA Collegiate Series Finals yesterday. Feeling pretty good about it. Awesome. Happy can't, to be here. Can't wait to hear about it. We'll definitely be talking about that soon. And then Flame coming back, joining us. Pretty much a regular guest host at this point. What's up, buddy? Not much. Not easy, much. <laughs> easy week. Pretty chill. Chill. All right. All right. Cool. You're talking about unloading a bunch of stuff earlier today, or at least from your house, right? You're talking about uh, um, what was it? It was one eight hundred junk or something like that. One eight hundred got junk. Came and t- took away all my carpet. I've never used that service before. <laughs> like I didn't even. I mean, know. usually contractors do it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I had like a underground. I don't even know if it was a legitimate contractor that did my work. So. Ah, I see. I see. So basically, you had it done for super cheap, right? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. All right, guys. Well, uh, today we've got a little bit of news that was actually announced or hinted at or something today from Blizzard, maybe pertaining to a new hero. So uh, we'll probably start off with that. And then, of course, Season 3 is ending today, so maybe just get a summary for you guys um, and just see if we did everything we wanted to do and then see what we have upcoming for Season 4. Then uh, just a bunch of event news, really. We're just talking about the events. Uh, ben just mentioned Tespa, which he casted at. Carbon Series started yesterday. Uh, Apex, of course, still going on and getting... pretty much to the end of the group stages so there's some uh interesting things developing there and then efrag was another um i think it was north american only right efrag is that right was it north american only Mm. or was it just maybe it was i I forget if it was just i think it had european teams yeah i think it was on na yeah so another smaller uh you know um tournament slash league that's going on to what happened uh and then at the end we've got a few questions we got a, three um email questions that we're gonna talk about uh we might actually integrate one of the emails with the season three since it pertains to that figured we would incorporate that but why don't we start off with that just season three ends today and just kind of like our week in overwatch what we've been doing uh so actually justin age kind of starts us off with wanted to see uh, i guess what our thoughts were on it and did we set any season three goals did we achieve them and um you know if we had any advice for climbing to masters in season four we'll start off with the first one did you guys uh achieve all the season three goals you were you guys were wanting to achieve well you're never going to be fully satisfied you obviously you're 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 doing something wrong if you're completely satisfied i think uh, unless you like make a miraculous climb from gold to GM or something like that, uh, you're probably going to want to continue to climb. Uh, but I, I was able to hit almost 4.2 K SR this season, which felt pretty good. Really, really wanted to get uh, up to the top 500 mark, uh, but came pretty damn close after uh, some pretty concerted effort. And uh, that's, I think that's honestly like the thing I'm more excited about talking is like how I got, to where I wanted to get to mm-hmm. uh, versus like where I ended up getting uh, exactly. Uh, but basically I, I went through this phase where I was playing every single day consistently for over two weeks. And before I jumped into a ranked game, I would go and warm up against bots for 10 to 15 minutes. Um, not a huge warm up, like 10 to 15 minutes is pretty short, but I really credit that specific action to how I was able to climb consistently because 
Uh, I've been a lot less consistent since I did hit that high water mark. I've taken a couple days off here and there. I've traveled. I've done other things. I haven't been able to play every day. uh, And it's been a little less consistent. But there is a stretch where I I gained SR every single day for something like 16 days consecutively. Um, Just by, you know, I I wasn't playing a ton. I was just playing like six or seven games uh, when I got home from work every day. But because I was playing so consistently every single day and warming up, uh, it just had that really, really, really strong knock-on effect. Uh, and I jumped from, I think, like, uh, I think I started that when I started that climb, I think I was probably about like 3,700. And then after two weeks, I was up to 4,200. Um, I wanted top 500, but I was I was pretty happy with just seeing like the concerted effort paying off. And mm-hmm. I think that's something that everyone out there, if you're looking to climb, like consistency and warming up uh, are are really the best things I could possibly ever uh, suggest for you. So when you're playing against the AI, I mean, when you're warming up against bots, you're just talking about creating a custom game, I guess, with a bunch of hard AI. Actually, not not even. Play? Uh, yeah, like, what is that? No, <laughs> I'm actually just playing in the in the practice range. Uh, oh, really? I know a lo- wow. Yeah, I know a lot of people okay, cool. like making custom games with Anna bots, like headshot only yeah, or whatever. Right. Um, and that that's good too. But for me, it's 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 less like training, more warming up. But I, it's both. Um, you can. There's actually some really really good YouTube tutorials out there that you can check out. Uh, God, I, I I'm gonna look it up during the show and and come back to you with the name of this one tutorial. But basically, you train, you drill in a couple different ways. You try to track their heads perfectly as they move. Then you try flick shots. Then you try. You just try all kinds oh, of different cool. ways of aiming. You do, you know, try doing like 180s and into flicks. Uh, you know, all these different kind of warm up techniques help so much. Um, and honestly, like I couldn't credit anything else other than that super consistent practice uh, to mm. how I climbed. Yeah, you know, be really cool. I'm gonna find that video right now. You know, be really cool is if they they um, added some things to the training facility that were basically those things you're talking about, you know, just creating little mini games, you know, when that that has no, there's no actual competitive aspect to it, but it'd be kind of fun, you know, just to be able to create those, those things. It's it's like, a lot of games have that, particularly like Rocket, you know, the Rocket League has that training thing, right? And, and um, a lot of the sports games have these like mini camp, little drills and things. That'd be cool if, if Overwatch had those type of things. Oh yeah, their their bot training mode could actually be way better. Yeah, uh, but it, it's good enough. Like it's good enough for me. It, it really helps you get uh get your hands warm, which is probably the most important thing. But also, if you do concerted practice, like practice your flicking shots, mm-hmm. uh, your tracking, your consistent tracking, all these different things. And guys, uh, actually, uh, it's Overwatch Dojo is the YouTube channel I'm oh, talking yeah. about. Yeah, um, I really like some of their videos, particularly, um. You know, I've shared this with a lot of my friends, uh, and it's helped a lot of people. So, Overwatch Dojo really worth checking out. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty popular channel at this point, but it's yeah. heavily educational. So, yeah, definitely check those guys out. Flame, how about you, man? You reach all your season three goals? I don't really know that I had season three goals <laughs> in terms of ladder. Um, I mean, I think I start, I always hover. Like, I never dropped below four, like four point one. 4.2 generally like I, I tanked i think one day but my sr like teetered around 4.3 4.4 for like the majority of the season i guess so 
I mean, as far as consistency goes, for me, it's fine, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, aside from a few like very large tilt streaks down and then back up again, but um, I don't know, I'm pretty content. I guess I think I finished like number two hundred twenty or something. Okay. What, what was the highest nice. in top five hundred that you got? Uh, I think at one point I was number one hundred, like earlier in the season, and then like that number obviously kept climbing up as people kept pushing themselves to go up. Right. So like as the season goes on, it gets harder and harder, I guess, or the number goes up the average for the top 500. But um, yeah, I just went to like number 100 once and then wound up like tanking all the way down to like almost masters. And then once you get down there, like you just have to like stop playing, come back, <laughs> start from scratch, do it right. again. Um, but yeah, like the okay. 300 SR up and down days are the fun ones, I guess. So 200, is that, that's the highest, right? Like your personal high? Um, I mean, season one, I finished like number 20 or something. Oh, did you? Oh, wow. Okay. But, um, yeah, 20. 20 is going to be season one was the like good old days where you would like, yeah, <laughs> season one was the like good days where like you got 10 points for a win, but like a hundred for a loss. <laughs> right. That was so, brutal. Totally. Yeah. I was, I was pretty excited season one, but. Okay. Yeah. For me, season three, like but the only goal, and I think I've said this like on this show and as well as Overwatchers was just trying to get up to to plat with my son, you know, just like duo queuing with him. So we were able to do that, and now we're we're trying to get to Diamond, but kind of ran out of time. But we were actually on our way there. So I, you know, recently it, it's actually been one of those things. Actually, the entire season was one of those things where we're trying to figure out what we should play like together. So we we were experimenting with all kinds of different things and. We, we've pretty much concluded that me playing Fair and him playing Zarya and just being able to combo, all combo consistently is hugely effective at that level. So, um, yeah. So, anyways, the next goal for us is, is Diamond together, and I think we'll be able to do that. One of the reasons we didn't make it to Diamond, by the way, guys, is because I had to ground him for a week. <laughs> so, we, we didn't get, he didn't get a chance to play because of that. Uh, but, you know, I, I, have to put, I have to put that ahead of, of actual overwatch goals and dreams so um hopefully this beginning of this next season we'll, we'll probably get there a little bit sooner uh, yeah man and back to the consistency thing yeah. for me literally taking three to four days off is enough for me to like drop like i know it sounds dumb but two weeks straight yeah. of consistent gains and then I'm, I'm gone for a full weekend i don't play for like five days come back and i instantly drop like 200 sr it's come up, come up, come up, and then I don't play for a couple of days and drop again. So it really matters. I mean, guys. is that because of your play, or is that just because of just random? I mean, random luck, right? but I mean, my it's... play. I'll, it's I, I, I don't know. You can't. I don't think it's worthwhile like blaming randomness or crappy teammates. Like you got to look at your own play, and I'll, I'll blame myself for those losses. Man, yeah, I swapped man. I swapped my mid season, and like that was an easy two hundred, three hundred SR drop. <laughs> from what to what i don't know i was like at my peak whatever i was at i was close i was oh, around like no, number what, what now oh i, I just switched i just upgraded death adders oh, okay i just went from the chroma to the elite ah okay yeah so i got a free elite at mlg but it was just sitting there but then like the buttons on the chroma were starting to like i didn't even know me. about that mouse actually i'm using the chroma right now me too i think all of the three the chrome at the I, I don't know i wouldn't have bought it but i got someone gave it to me like the razor dude at mlg just gave it to me and i was like okay and then is it better i mean like what um the mouse wheel is different took me a little bit while to get used to it's not different it just has like ridges so it feels like a cog instead of like a 
mm. wheel, I guess. Yeah. And then I think the clicks feel lighter, but the mouse feels the same, I think. Mm, I think, I think the sensor's like the just better, though. Yeah, I think the cog is, is a nice touch to it. It's a, a little bit more uh, feedback, at least, whenever you're you're kind of going through, flipping through things. So, um, cool. Yeah, I might, I might need to try that out. A little Razer plug there. We're not sponsored by Razer, guys, unfortunately. But if you guys do want to sponsor, just let no, my um, Corsair keyboard, though, yeah. I'll recommend the Corsair, Corsair keyboard. keyboard. Might as well just cover everything, right? Yeah, I don't want people thinking I'm biased. <laughs> yeah, of course. Corsair keyboard. K65. Yeah. Uh, so season four, guys. Any any goals? Uh, or, nah, no big deal. Just just play it. That's like a week later. So we got a week break, and then we're going to jump right into season four. Uh, honestly, top 500. Yeah. If, I, I'm not going to set my goals any lower than that. I mean, I, yeah. I came pretty damn close. Uh in fact, if I don't get top 500 this next season, I'll be a little disappointed. I'm, I'm really going to shoot for it. Okay, cool. Time? Anything? Mm, I mean, I'm hoping that there's like more news than just me playing ranked for season four. <laughs> but um, we'll see, I guess. I mean, obviously, I want to stay where I'm at because it helps with like analyzing and even casting just to like play at the higher levels. But um, I'm hoping that becoming cuts... a coach confirmed. Well, I mean... It would be easier to coach, right, if you could play with your teammates or your <laughs> players, right? Right. <laughs> or or, or you beat know, them on ladder regularly. Sometimes you just have to step in and actually play, like like chance. Oh yeah, I've I've already considered, like I've thought about it, like whether or not I should just like sign up as like a seventh man on a roster because it's probably it seems like a pretty easy job, like just that sub, just in case something <laughs> bad happens at land or something. But um, Interesting. no, I don't really know. I mean, I'm obviously gonna try to stay top 500. I think I'm gonna aim more for like figuring out the custom game stuff and like streaming more of that, playing yeah. more of that. Yeah, I still I'm haven't sure. had a chance to cool. do too better. much there. So, have you been playing around at all custom game wise at all, like with the uh, different settings and everything? Uh, I made a few customs like last week. I mean, I've been super busy, but yeah, I tried some new settings. I tried like 90% damage and healing and like. Increased move speed. <laughs> it was pretty good. I mean, everything. Yeah. It felt good, but it's hard to test, I guess, because you need everyone to. Oh, W Pro Mod. That's yeah. what that sounds like. Exactly. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Season four for me. Just again, like Dime. I, I want to play a little bit more Zarya too. Just kind of at least try to work it in there while we're we're playing. Just because I haven't really played her that much historically, and this season I was starting to play her and having some fun. So um. Hopefully we can do that. And uh, actually, for this guy Justin H, he's any advice for trying to climb from uh, climb two masters? I guess from Diamond. You guys notice anything in that in that range that's particularly good for jumping from Diamond to I Master? I mean, beyond what I said earlier, just about consistent practice and mm-hmm. playing consistently. I I'm actually a huge advocate for duo queue with like one other person that you can trust. It's mm-hmm. a lot easier to play like at that SR. I mean. I don't know. I, I think at that SR especially, if it's so important to find just like one other person that you can really consistently trust to to do the right thing, to play, to play smart, and then uh, coordinate with you. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I'm an advocate. I don't know. Some other people prefer solo queue, but yeah. no, I I hate solo queue. I can tell you that right now. I hate it. So at the very least, duo for me, and you know, and again. At least my son and I can combo that old, you know, just the Zarya Farah combo, which especially on two CP maps have been huge for us. So um, it's nice to do that. We tried the tank healer and all that stuff. That that sucked, man. That that was really painful when not having any kind of DPS 
um, effect on the game for the most part. That was really, really tough. So, uh, yeah, anyways, for him, I guess, yeah, just try to, you know, try to do what Fishsticks was telling you. Just kind of stay consistent. I think I've mentioned this in a previous episode, but if you have a trolley dude on your team that's going to play attack Symmetra and won't switch, play around it. Like, yeah, pick something that complements it, even though it's hard or even bash or whatever. People will troll and you're not always going to lose those games if you actually play around it. The worst thing that can happen when you have a really uh, headstrong trolley p- pick person is for you to not adapt to that. So that's that's my other. Yeah. That's yeah, I guess, I, I mean, back to the 2Q. I like solo queued up, and then when I tilt drops, I just like to altize, and I duo queued back to, with too easy. Like me and him just duo queued and just like stomped like 10 games in a row or something. But like <laughs> every game was a different troll so like too easy he tilts harder than me i think like he's a little bit more internal raging but like he's like he rages just as hard but he'll he'll start raging before the game even starts so like we had a game i think it was like gibraltar attack and we had a torbjorn and he just starts losing his mind i'm like nah dude like i've won these games before and again i just like you get in voice comms you tell everyone what to pick and just be like, all right, guys, we're protecting this Torbjorn. And like, we won, we won that game. We won a game, I think, with like offensive Bastion on like Kanemura or something. It's like you can make those games wins, but it does take a lot of coordination with your teammates. It's a different challenge too. Playing the same thing over and over and over can get you know a little mundane. So every once in a while, having to to adapt around a troll is you know, adds a little variety to the game. Okay, well, why don't we talk about the new, or not the new here, but the, the new interview that was released by uh, Blizzard, which was released about an hour or two ago. And oh, this interview is from a completely new character, and it's, it's like a news interview. So a spotlight on Numbani, and a new character, uh, I think it's Effie or Ify Oladale, uh, is a young character who um, is being interviewed by the, the newspaper and talking about just, uh, just awards or prizes that she's won in the whole AI and robotics uh, field. Given that it's Nambani, it kind of makes sense, and since Nambani is kind of the whole um, Symmetra type of storyline, right? Uh, so there's not much here, to be honest. Look at this. I mean, this is like, I don't even know how many words, maybe like 300 words, <laughs> maybe. The interview is literally like about seven, eight questions. Uh, so... Lots of stuff to, you know, definitely think of conspiracies or just think, just try to guess what this is all about, right? And the first thing I think most people are going to think is that this is the new hero that's going to be released because Jeff Kaplan did say that we're going to be surprised or or the next hero is not who we think it is, which means it's not Doomfist, guys, right? Yeah. So this is somebody that would be not who I would expect it to be. So what are your thoughts? Is this the new hero, or generally, what do you get from this this interview? I think there's a lot of little hints in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, okay, so she's 11 years old. Yep. I you're not going to play as an 11 year old. You're not going to be killing an 11 year old in this game. I really doubt it. I think you're going to be killing her robot creations. Oh, that's true. I guess. Yeah. I think it's killing kids. I robot. guess might be a little bit. Um, <laughs> construed wrong yeah and that and that's that's kind of what what everyone's assuming here uh if you if you read through it obviously there's a couple lines that particularly stick out uh 
I want to create things that make our lives better. And someday my dream is to build something that can keep us safe, like how like the new OR15s. I think that would be great. Uh, so this line, I think, is probably the most telling line in this whole interview. Um, I have a sneaking suspicion. I don't know if they've, you know, I can't really remember if if they've like, it, because they've done a lot of like news articles and interviews throughout the game's uh, launch and before the game even launched as they were revealing characters and, and maps and things like that. I can't remember if they've strictly done things in chronological order, but I have this like sneaking suspicion that Effie is like the creator of Omnix or something like that. Cause we've never, what's an OR 15 S like we don't know yeah, an OR 15 S and she talks about robots, but never says Omnic never says the word Omnic here. Uh, so like I have this like, Oh, so you think it's hidden past. theory that like, this is, this is before, I don't know. I could be completely wrong about this. At least one thing is clear is that she's going to either be riding a robot or you're going to be playing as her robots or something like that. Um, I think that's like undeniable from this. Or maybe a pet or something like that. Yeah. There's going to be robots involved in some way. What about you, Flame? You think this is, you think you agree with Fish Six here or you actually think that she's the hero? No, she's definitely not the hero. I like, I will like bet wrestling rights with Jeff. That she's you can, not you can do that? i think wow, so wow i wish i had the the ownership of that <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying okay. to i'm trying to schedule a wrestle with jeff prepare for death blizzcon 2017 <laughs> event but um i don't know how we're, i don't know if that's ever gonna happen but i don't think so again because she's too young to be killed in a t for teen video game um true i can see that i guess I'm more of a visual kind of person. She seems like she's got headphones on. And she's got like the Lucio-esque hair. And Numbani has like that Lucio concert poster. She's making a tank. So I'm assuming she's gonna, I'm assuming they're just gonna release a tank Omnic. Like if I was gonna bet on the hero, I'd say Soundquake will be next. And she's gonna be like the Soundquake creator. She's mm-hmm. like, oh, Lucio, I love your music. And then just like, instead of emping it up, she wow. literally just like okay. creates sound earthquakes. Right. That's my um, expert analysis on this article. But I have no idea. That's deep, man. That's deep. I like that. That's she might be the oh, theory. But back to the thing. She might be the starter of the Omnic Crisis. Like, we, we, we won't know. Yeah, I think both of you guys have. Well, <laughs> guys, I've been debunked. I've been debunked already. Oh. Uh, Michael Chu, who's one of the lead writers or, or the lead writer for the Overwatch story, actually addressed this exact question already on Twitter this morning about an hour and a half ago. I said, that date is just a real word published date. And this interview takes place in the present day of the OW oh. timeline. So okay. debunked, but. Yeah, I mean, OR15s already exist just to debunk even further. Oh, what, what are so like you would expect the OR fifth? I mean, I don't know what it is, but it oh, already oh, exists, you know. So it's probably like Omnic's probably already. Maybe it's called the Omnic Rights Fifteens, and like it's like a different. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, putting Laura aside, like what? What do you think is the most needed new character in this game, Flame? Like um, what? What? What's I think it's going to be the Bastion cool. Slayer soon, right? <laughs> People joke, oh but my God. PTR is really? going to be Bastion Heaven for a little while, so maybe it'll be a ba- an anti-Bastion. Uh, well, I mean, role-wise, then what is that? What is an anti-Bastion? Is it a Berserker? Okay. Okay. Damage resistance, melee centric, or whatever. I don't know. I'm just making like stuff a tank, up. But basically, yeah, right? like a yeah. tank. Yeah. 
more tanks, you know? Mm-hmm. I think so. Another tank so or think... healer. Like I just want to, I want it to be either support or, or tank. Yeah, she says keep us safe. So like I envision like a shield yeah. or something, but I don't think yeah. we need another healer right now, do we? <laughs> no, I just want another healer that has movement abilities. I'm just like, if I don't, yeah, that's but all. If it's not maybe they'll this, synergize not really well with yeah. Bastion, but like make him more vulnerable at the same time. It's either anti-omnic or, or anti-robot, or it's pro. You know, it's going to enhance robots, right? I would think it enhance robots if anything. So I don't know if it's going to get bonus to Bastion, but I don't know. Maybe it'll take El Presidente to a different Medivac, level. Make <laughs> Medivax for Overwatch. So you just pick up the Siege Bastion and you drop it somewhere else. Oh my god! Because it no, says there at the bottom, it says. It'll be my first time flying, so I can't wait. So maybe like after this flight, she's gonna be super addicted to flying, and then Can you imagine if you could drop a You pick up your oh teammates with this like drone and then drop them on the high ground. Well, what if you could pick them up and they could still be shooting? So there's just like a turret on the plane. <laughs> just firing. That would be disgusting. But yeah, anyways, I mean, I we're just going never. nuts at this point. I I uh, I definitely ho- I'm glad that we're getting closer to a new hero being. Um, you know, possibly announced and in the game, uh, and there's no other reason why this would come out. I mean, can we just all agree that there? I mean, this has to do with the new hero, right? Like, otherwise, this is 100%. just I mean, this is just completely worthless, to be honest. Um, okay, Sombra came out right after BlizzCon. Yep, like December. So or late November. Right? Almost three months, and Anna came out about three months before that, right? So we're we're due for another character within the next month or two months. Yeah. Okay, I mean, I'm excited. I'd say it's probably going to be sooner than later because I don't think that they're going to pull the same Sombra three-year waiting period that they did. I have this you know I, mean? I have this weird feeling that there will be some kind of pet-related abilities. You know, like sending little tiny robots like off of the guy. You know, like one of his abilities will be to create these little tiny robots that do something. I think the engine already supports stuff like that because I, I remember there was like a video of this game in like alpha mm-hmm. i don't remember which hero it was but like one of their abilities was like literally like summoning this like weird it was like if the i don't know what the word it would be like if maze um what's it called the blizzard whatever it's snowball right it's oh yeah snowball. the little yeah the little guy when, thing, when she yeah. threw it out like if she threw it out and it turned into like a blade of death that just like shot bullets in circles so like i think that there's more Okay. programming that you could do around that and if you consider junkrat's tire imagine if you could like control a flying drone yeah. as a support i don't know there's a lot of weird stuff you could do oh, that'd obviously. be amazing <laughs> if you could pee, picture and picture i don't know if you guys played evolve <laughs> but there's a hero like that i think it's called bucket oh yeah okay and one of his abilities was like he turns into a move like a drone that you can fly around all right well anyways i, I think it's pretty exciting and um you know, hopefully we'll hear a little bit more in the the coming uh, the coming days or the coming week. But um, well, until then, I'm sure there's just going to be a lot of theories being thrown out there, especially on Reddit. So we'll just have to see what happens there. Okay, well let's uh, let's move on. Let's talk about uh, the events that happened this this week. Uh, it's been most uh, most of what's been going on. It's been a pretty quiet week news wise, at least. So uh, Ben, why don't you start us off with Tespa? given that you casted it and you just, just came back from there. Yeah, uh, so was down in San Diego at UC San Diego for the TESPA Collegiate Series $100,000 finals. Uh, 
and it's top four teams that played through. I think there were 230 plus colleges participating in this event. So it was actually quite large, um, like over a thousand players uh, participated in this thing overall and pretty decent prize pool as well. So it's not necessarily like pro level, but uh, probably like a hair below, like really so we saw a lot of very talented players and a lot of really, really nice team play uh, for these teams. And it was a, just a really short top four teams, UC Berkeley, University of Toronto, Rutgers and University of Texas, Austin uh, participating in this. And <laughs> yeah, Austin, um, <laughs> the birthplace of TESPA actually is Austin. Uh, so it was a it was a single day. It was just three best of fives, two semifinals and a grand finals. Um, but it's the first time I've casted a live event since Atlantic Showdown uh, back in late August, whenever that was. So it felt super good to be out there. Uh, I got a chance to to cast with Jamerson, who I actually casted Agents Rising with, which was like literally the first <laughs> LAN tournament, like the week after the game came out. So that was really awesome. I, I really like casting with Jamerson. Um, and then also the guys who had been doing the TESPA stuff, the qualifiers up to this point um, were also there. So uh, it was Piscatory and uh, Simus. Um, and yeah, it was tons of fun, man. It, like, it's pretty amazing. Um, I've been in esports for seven, eight plus years now. And I this is going to sound like hyperbole, but I don't know if I've ever seen an event run so smoothly. There was not a single tech issue. There was not a single messed up throw from the casters. Like we literally didn't have any issues at all. There were no drops. There were no sound issues. Like literally everything worked fantastically. And we had absolutely minimal downtime. Like a game would end and like a match would end and we would be set up and interviewing the teams like for the next match within three to four minutes. And then like the, the next game would start like three to four minutes after that. Um, so the event just ran like butter. Uh, unfortunately, all three games were pretty one-sided. It was uh, 0 3 3-1, 0-3. So the day went by really fast. It was supposed to go like an hour or two more than it did. But overall, that doesn't mean the games were not entertaining. Like we actually had some pretty entertaining games in there. And uh, UC Berkeley... Uh, my hometown, where where I'm born and raised, uh, Berkeley, uh, ended up winning the whole damn thing. So that was pretty cool to see for me. And actually, if you look at that Berkeley squad, a couple of those players showed enough skill to me that you know they are definitely they should definitely be considered for some of the you know semi pro and pro teams. Um, Aligned was playing for UC Berkeley, who played for Citizen Seven at the NGE Overwatch winner premiere uh so he's already played on a pro semi-pro team um but style who is mainly playing pharah for them actually was amazing like he his pharah was super super sick and one of the big reasons why they actually played so well and dominated in that tournament their Ana play was great saria play was great uh their their main tank uh slurpee thief uh who uh whose whole family by the way was yeah, at the cool. event to support With Slurpees, him too. um yeah <laughs> slurpee funny. thief played incredibly well too so uh it was super fun and uh i just like i don't know man i just really enjoy casting it, it felt really good to to cast another live event and the audience was sick too like they were ooing and eyeing at every big play every big ultimate showdown like every time like a pharaohs were hitting midairs this audience absolutely 100 percent 
like understood the game at a, at a fairly high level and was reacting, which made it even more fun. Um, that was that was also one of my highlights. Yeah, it was. I was able to catch a little bit of it. I, ca- I probably caught like. I mean, I, I expected it to go longer. It's kind of like what you were saying. It ended so quickly because of the mat. You know, the series were were like very one sided. But um, what I did catch was, um, you know, obviously casting was great, but the uh, just the, you know, just the feel of college esports. You know, and I think it was most evident in in um, Heroes of the Dorm. You know, with with uh, Heroes of the Storm so far, and just seeing. Um, you know, a, a college event done well, right at a very large level, uh, and then just kind of seeing the family, like seeing that slurp, you know, Slurpee. What was his name again? It was Eats, Slurpee Thief. Slur, Slurpee Thief. Yeah, just seeing his family up there. You know, it 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 doesn't seem like much, guys, but it actually is pretty cool to actually see that dynamic of of esports and seeing, um, not only seeing like you know, we've had like very young people, you know, whether it's League of Legends or StarCraft or what and whatnot, you know, end up winning titles and you see their mom and dad kind of crying in the crowd. It's like a, a little, it's, there's something different about actually having the prize money be tuition, you know, and scholarships and how that relates to their families and, and how happy their parents are. It's like, it's, I don't know, there's, there's a different feeling to it. It's like, it's more of a direct, like I can totally like it's very accessible to me when I just see the parents and how you know they're affected by that versus like their sons just winning like like fifty thousand dollars or twenty thousand dollars and and they're just proud of them, you know. It, it, there's there's an aspect to that I think is really really cool. And then like you said with the crowd and and just even the you know the the teams tweeting and whatnot, the whole college scene is super accessible. You know we we talk about all these locales and things for Overwatch, uh, the Overwatch League that's coming up. Well, we already have locales already set with these these schools already, so they already have like a base to to even try to you know develop these locational fan bases. So um, you know, I've always thought that there was potential. Obviously, college will never be bigger than the pro scene, but it you know the the structure for the college demographic is are is so conducive for esports, and I'm honestly surprised that college esports isn't bigger than it is. Like right yeah, now, that, it should be that was the only. It's like crazy. that was the only thing that that uh that was slightly disappointing was the online viewership. Uh, I think we peaked at about nine thousand concurrent viewers, which I wish it was yeah. more. I mean, the games were good, the production was good, everything was fun and good about this whole whole thing. Uh, if only it had gone. Uh, if only we had longer and better, uh, more even sets. I think we actually would have hit a much higher viewership. Uh, because during the grand finals, it just like is skyrocketed straight through the roof. Yeah. Um, but you know, the grand finals lasted so little time. Um, yeah, that was the but, biggest thing. It's just it just happened to be that way. And I, I linked a, an article from uh, Kotaku that talked about just kind of that whole family aspect and you know, Slurpee Thief's family being out there and just you know just uh, having a great time and everything. So it's it's a different feel to this whole very competitive space that we're in. And I don't know. I'd like to see more show match. So Berkeley, Berkeley is probably the most, um, probably the strongest esport uh, organization when it comes comes to the colleges globally. I, th- I think it probably is the strongest college, just period. And they they, uh, they they've led the way in my eyes in, in terms of of um, creating this esports organization and developing you know actual teams coming from it in all kinds of different games. So not surprised that you, you know, that Berkeley is there, but and you know obviously it's great to see Texas there because I'm you know, I'm a Longhorn, uh, but 
it would be cool to just see more show matches, you know, like school matches and things like that. Because the whole, you know, like having to organize tournaments with these these teams and stuff, that's hard. You know, that takes money. It, it's, it's harder to organize that, that type of thing. But, you know, having just school versus school, you know, and, and maybe having it like a live, like, you know, you come over to our school, we go over, go over to their school. That could be a start to something. And I think that it could, you could easily, I think you could promote that event on the campus pretty easily and just, you know, get a pretty good showing at least, uh, you know, maybe like what we had with the, the, um, what do I call it? The, what is it? The, long, the, 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 the tournaments we, that we used to have, like Tespa first was doing like way back when. The oh, Lone Star Clash. Lone Star Clash, yeah. Just like the Lone Star Clashes, you know, like many, th- that's sort of feel to it, but just with, with schools. I think we could, I think people could pull that off and it could be maybe a start to, um, you know, to seeing a, just a regular type of collegiate um, competitive event. Because we are seeing more and more schools like creating esports, picking up esports almost like a sport at this point. And like big schools like Ohio State and, you know, like obviously Texas is huge and Berkeley's big and, uh, we're, we might get to the point where we'll see like conferences, you know, like they'll be playing in the conferences and we'll have like an a- actual national championship game, you know, at least within the U.S. and things like that. I don't know. Anyways, I, I think there's a huge potential in college. I've always been a huge advocate of college and, um, you know, hopefully TESPA, uh, which is officially part of Blizzard now, right? So, um, you know, hopefully they can take it to the next level with Activision and everything. It's not, I mean, you're making it sound a lot simpler than it is. I think um, I'm just going to come in here to be yeah, the sure. antagonist for yeah, a little bit. Go but, for um, it, man. I'm a... When you, so like I started an org, a fraternity when I was at Rutgers, actually, which oh, I didn't know you we missed, Rutgers. we missed the timing by a little bit. Cause if this was like four or five years ago, me, Seltzer and Clockwork could have been on the team, wow. but um, <laughs> just, nice. just to pad the Rutgers stats, you know, but point being that like starting orgs is like really hard. Like someone would have, Blizzard would literally have to come in and like talk to all of these colleges and be like, Hey, we want to start an esports league for this game. Or like, if it was a bigger thing than just Blizzard, which I mean, there's a lot of things that would go into this. Right. And like, I think that this is where you start drawing questions about like Overwatch's Overwatch leagues, like um, reach, if that makes sense. Because I always had like this question or like if Overwatch league is successful or like other games going to start trying to copy the like status, you know, like come in with that same concept of like, Oh, we want regionalized teams and matches at lands that like every week and stuff. Like, Imagine if Blizzard or Overwatch got that big at colleges, like would CS want to get in on that? Like, you know, because it's like all these different students at the end of the day, like student orgs that would yeah. setting it up, be setting it up. So, I mean, whether it's a lot. Well, so <laughs> I know what you're getting at there. And uh, in terms of like setting up, are you talking about organizations at the schools or are you just talking about just general? I'm just talking about like the getting the, the school boards on board with like hosting events. Like if I'm at yeah. Rutgers, will they let us use the basketball stadium for a right. LAN? Right. Stuff like that. There's a lot of well, um, weird planning things that go into stuff like that. Well, first off, I don't think we would need to use the basketball stadiums like to begin with. So maybe no, no, we're really yeah. talking about like a, you know, a, maybe an amphitheater or smaller, smaller venue on the campus to begin with, but it's already moving there. Like these schools are starting to recognize esports as a competitive sport or, you know, whether it's actually yeah. classified the same as a sport, it's definitely a, a, a classification that's beyond club beyond, you know, intramurals and, and that sort of thing. So um, it's already going that direction. And TESBA, you know, historically with, 
uh, you know, the, the brother, you know, just the Rosen brothers and Chris, and, you know, Chris Kelly. And, I mean, th- that's what TESPA was. TESPA was all about trying to go and educate the different schools on how to create the same organization they, they created at, at Texas. And even to the extent of, you know, making, you know, having events or, or producing events themselves and whatnot. Of course, nobody was able to actually make that happen like they did on Texas, unfortunately. But, um, you know, definitely going and opening chapters at the different schools, they were able to do that. So this isn't something that's, I think, that difficult. No, no it's definitely not a stretch. It's definitely yeah. possible. It's just like yeah. someone's going to have to grind a lot <laughs> work. Yeah, and it just takes, honestly, it just takes a few big schools. Like it just takes huge name schools to to adopt it. Then all of a sudden, all these other places will. Oh man, that's kind of cool seeing like you know these these big schools. And not to mention the big schools have a lot of alums. So if you just get like all the alums and the current student ba- fan bases behind that and creating crowds and stuff at these things, then you know we've got twenty five million people playing Overwatch. Surely you know we've got like hundreds of people at huge cl- colleges or have or alumni of these huge colleges that would go. And support their their team, you know, at an Overwatch event. I I, I totally see definitely. That happening. Yeah, yeah. I honestly, I think if we did, if we do, an, if Tespa does another one, it's going to be way bigger. Like, mm-hmm. there were a lot of really memorable moments that expand, like, got exposure uh, on Reddit and things like that. So, yeah, I think we'll be good. Okay, well, uh, let's move on to the Carbon series, which uh, it started yesterday, and uh, started with a couple matches. So it was Immortals versus complexity and then renegades versus luminosity and spoiler alert if you guys haven't watched it immortals being <laughs> complexity 3-0 which actually wasn't a surprise given that complexity is going through these roster changes you know with hard leaving and them trying out a couple guys or just different people at different in different roles too so um so i don't know you guys catch this match anything stand, stand out to you guys i got a chance to tune in but uh i don't know didn't watch in, in incredible detail, uh, yeah. but yeah, I mean they're switching. They're trying new t- two new players out. Yeah. So I, I guess JKW also sitting the bench this time. I don't know if that's like a permanent thing or not. Uh, but yeah, it's always going to be difficult when you're playing with not one, not just one, but two new players. Yeah. Uh, especially in the tank roles, it's it's rough. Yeah. Flame, you catch these matches or no? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> of course. Oh, yeah, um, just, I know. I'm but just, back to the, <laughs> I guess, they have like these new two players. It's Zhao and yeah. Ko. Okay. I mean, they're yeah. spelled the same, but they look different. <laughs> they're pronounced different, apparently. Right. They look good. It's just all the NA teams right now are like experimenting with this like triple DPS offense setup. And like, it's one of those like, it either works quick or it loses late. You know, it's like you either win the first fight in snowball or you get pounded. And I feel like teams were sticking around on like these unnecessarily all in compositions for the most of the matches yesterday. And like it wound up creating some really weird scenarios where I don't think there were any finished maps on in either series, like on payload. And I think that there's only been one finished payload map this entire week between EFRAG and Carbon, which is I don't want to say depressing, but it's really? it's just showing like how that's crazy bizarre that they're. I mean, I've been watching everything, and so yeah, the only time that a team finished a map this week was at least in NA in those two tournaments was Immortals yesterday against Complexity on Eichenwald, 
which yeah. you can tell already is an outlet an outlier because <laughs> who finishes like him all right um true but back to that jkw has been out for a while now they had wing haven and then for nge land wing haven's now playing with too easy on bench boys um hard blue is off the roster i don't know what his plans are i don't know if he has plans or if he's just saying like okay i'm not playing with you guys anymore we'll see what happens but um complexity didn't look bad they definitely had moments of greatness the, it was a 3-0 but it definitely didn't need to be a 3-0 i know nomi hit like a crazy shatter on icon <laughs> yeah. wall that opened up the map for them um they looked really good on oasis too it was closer than the series let i mean there were a bunch of really big plays individually that like turned it but that was more or less the story of all the any overwatch this week was like really big plays because teams aren't running very team fighty alt combos anymore like teams are just not running zarya anymore so you're seeing teams not run reinhardt sometimes anymore so they're just kind of relying on deathmatch so like it really requires somebody to turn up yeah and this, this type of meta or or this you know this type of compos these kind of compositions i mean that's generally not the highest level of overwatch right like i mean this kind of deathmatchy that's that's definitely has it's um, not the kind of overwatch we see especially in korea right i mean well, dive yeah. comps are popular everywhere right now they are. dive comp is popular is but it's yeah. just general like it's weird i mean i've had this argument with a bunch of people and i'm sure someone's gonna flame me for even speaking up against them again but like if you don't run zarya and stuff like if you don't run reinhardt and you don't run zarya's you don't run like anna's even teams are running like zen it, it, like you can win it's just like it's so much harder to win you know because like you have to get team wipes in this game it's not like you can just like skirmish and like if you kill three people but they kill three people like is the cart moving and if the cart's not moving it doesn't matter how many kills you get you know so like that's kind of the greatness of the right of the reinhardt and the anna and the zarya is like the graviton will get you a team wipe the nano boosted genjis will get you a team wipe and like the earth shatters will get you a team wipe and like when you start taking those out of the equation it like reduces the amount of team wipes you get which like in turn reduces the amount of times you cap arguably unless like we're saying someone has like a crazy deathmatchy fight but um it's very hmm, okay some teams will argue that it's more skill-based because you need to like go for really synchronized dives but yeah that's true. And it's on, it's harder to execute for sure, and I don't know that it's better. Well, I think in some ways, um, outside of just you know just how much the cams move and stuff like that, in some ways it's more fun and impressive to watch it. You know, like whenever you do have you know just people making just huge plays by themselves and you know as a caster as just anybody that's uh you know that's just talking about the game and you can say wow that was like you know superstar moment type of thing right and, and you can have more of that versus you know comboing ults all the time and things like that where it is it does obviously have a lot of skill on both sides of it but it's not like an individual performance that all of a sudden is, is just crazy or it's it's harder to just label it that way so it I, I think a lot of it is is cool to watch that way it's just i i don't know i mean we definitely are seeing more dives but I still feel like it's more, it's more organized dive, you know, when I'm watching some of these Korean matches than it is, you know, with some of the matches I saw, uh, you know, with Carbon, and even just one or two I saw with Efrag too. But um, yeah, any, but anyways, like so, Immortal that was three zero over Complexity. How about Renegades over a three one over Luminosity? Man, Luminosity just keeps struggling. 
They they can't seem to dig themselves out yeah. of this this rut. Uh, not that I mean, Renegades obviously very talented team. Mm-hmm. Um, recently picked up by that that sponsor just like less than a month ago, but Luminosity like at certain at a certain point, I feel like they got to switch something up. I feel bad for them, man. They they just haven't had any success in in months. It feels like. What do you think, Flame? Mm, I think they're. I mean, it's it's a, it's it's NA Overwatch, man. Like at the end of the day, that's that's like the statement of the week. Like, Selfless lost a cow open this weekend, and then won Efrag, completely really? destroying Renegades. Yes. yes, they did. So like, and then you have like LG. LG has like such great, talented individuals. Like all of them are arguably like top tier players in their own right. And like, they have such crazy hero pools that like any of them can switch to anything. But I think that that's their weakness, honestly, is that they like keep switching or like, they don't seem like they always have the biggest game plan. They just like kind of, Oh, I'm going to play McCree because we need a McCree. But then suddenly like their Zarya will be on Pharah or then their Genji's on <laughs> 76 now. And then like, they, they all kind of just swap, 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 swap. But they should have done better yesterday. But again, like when you're running triple DPS, you don't really leave yourself a lot of room for victory. And like I could explain why. It's just like you run triple DPS, right? And like the enemy team maybe has like a Zarya or a Torburn or a Symmetra or something. And then you're kind of just like banking on winning the first fight. So then like you lose the first fight, the enemy team, the defending team now generally has like ult advantage in some form. And then even if you're getting crazy deathmatchy fights, you're still fighting into ults with like better positioning. And then if you don't switch fast enough, you wind up just like continually bashing your head against the wall. And I don't understand sometimes what happens. Like LG versus Renegades yesterday, I think it was Mangachu ran like a defensive Pharah on King's Row. And LG just kept running like the same Tracer, Genji, Winston, Zenyatta thing, I think for like three minutes or something. And it wasn't until overtime, like when the point is literally at that overtime tick where someone on LG was like, oh, sh- Maybe we should go McCree or 76. But like Mangachu was literally on fire the entire time, but like nobody ever went a hero to deal with him. And like stuff like that is like, why, why is that like a problem? Like why, why is that why you're losing? So I don't know what's going on in the LG like comms, but someone needs to grab them all by the horns and coach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah coach. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. 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 I know what you mean. All right. Well, um, let's see. The match match schedule is something they announced recently too. So I can just show it. Let me just show it real quick. out. Um, so we've already had the twentieth, obviously. So tonight we've got Hammers versus TL, and then uh, Immortals versus LG. So Immortals playing back to back days, uh, and and then we'll have some matches on uh, Wednesday too, which will be uh, Renegades TL and then Hammers in Complexity. So lots of Overwatch to watch in the next few days, these weekdays. It's always a lot of fun. But moving on to Apex, uh, Apex Season 2 is uh, the group stages are starting to come to an end. And um, last week we were talking about this. We were like, okay, well, looks like Envy's going to be the only Western team that gets through. You know, this is kind of anticlimactic or this, you know, Misfits and Cloud9 and, you know, and... um, uh, Oh my god, I'm having a brain fart here. <laughs> Where's the other one? The uh, fanatic. Fanatic, yeah, fanatic. Um, we're we're just going to be out, you know, the groups. But some, you know, this, uh, there are definitely some results that actually changed possibly the outcome, particularly for Cloud Nine. 
So let me show the standings right now so you can check it out. And then we'll go into some of these matches. Um, yeah, so if you take a look, uh, the biggest thing I'd say is like Group C here, where uh, AFB actually lost the con box, which that, that happened, uh, that's like the latest match. Uh, if you guys want to go check out the VOD on OGN Global, twitch.tv. Uh, and that was really surprising. Like I thought for sure AFB was going to beat them. Uh, actually, I thought they were going to beat them pretty easily. And it, and it ended up being a very highly contested match with uh, Conbox actually winning, which actually put Cloud9 in a very good position to move out of that group. Uh, I think they only need one game, right? Uh, they just need one point to actually get out of there. So even if they lose, if as long as they get one point, I, they, I believe they have the tiebreaker on AFB and, and they'll be able to make it out. So, um, yeah, general thoughts on, on how it's looking for, uh, actually, and Fnatic, too. Fnatic, I think, on paper has a chance, too. So, um, you know, obviously, if they win, uh, and even if they just outscore Runaway, they have a chance. Actually, they're playing each other, so whoever wins there actually get, goes through. So, um, yeah, both of those teams actually has a shot. Any thoughts on what's going on here and just what's developing? It's getting intense. I mean... It's do or die now. Uh, it's really the last possible moment for these Western teams. Yeah. I think it would be a really, really cool if you come up with eight teams, you got four Korean, four Western. Like that, that would be a really cool storyline going into the finals bracket. Uh, so a uh, little bit biased here, not going to lie, but <laughs> well, this is really cool to see it. that. I'm definitely, definitely <laughs> rooting for our Western buddies. Actually, Misfits has a chance too. I forgot about that. Misfits actually on paper. Well, who has a, who has have a they shot. not played yet? So I mean they have a chance, but they have to play Lunatic High, so it's gonna it's gonna be pretty rough. But if they beat Lunatic High three zero. If they beat them three zero. Ooh. Okay, that's <laughs> yeah. No, that's all right. So Yeah. If they beat Misfits needs a three one. Three one? Yeah, three one would tie them. To force with... a tiebreaker. Yeah. So like that's what they're playing for. That's completely doable, I think. Lunatic High is good, but I mean Misfits is good. I think Misfits had a really oh, rough start, though. They kind of got boned, I would say, as far as like the beginning of the games went because they start. They went the first day. I think they had matches, yeah. And that was like right after the like that was like their first matches together. It was like two days after they traveled, and it was right. on the tank patch. Right. So them losing to I believe it was Luxury Wash that first week, or yeah, it had to have mm -hmm. been Luxury Wash that first yeah. week was I think a little bit less telling than now. Obviously, like three or four weeks later, so. There's hope for Misfits fans out there. 3-0 is an automatic shoe-in. Again, you can do that, though, with the Apex rule set. You just, like, have to win your King of the Hill map. Um, the okay, way Lunatic High is playing right now. Okay, so this has been one of the, the topics, right, about just understanding how this all works. If Misfits wins 3-1, then we have a three-way tie, right? We, we have a three-way tie even with the game counts. So yeah, so then they'll go to tiebreakers. Like I think they play more matches. Yeah, they'll actually play each other, right? And I just do a round robin, I guess, yeah, and figure it out. Which could actually end up in a tie again. <laughs> I mean, in theory, right? So um, I don't know the rules that well yeah. as far as tiebreaker scenarios, but um, yeah, they. I the one thing I don't like about this scenario is the way that the like points system works like if they win three to two it's not enough that seems kind of weird to me but again it puts a lot of emphasis on those early maps like they're going to need to win whatever then opening king of the hill map is and then 
two CP is definitely winnable for them. And then Lunatic High is probably going to bring them to Kingdra or Gibraltar yeah. or both if it gets that late. So um, pressure's on for Misfits. Yeah. Cloud9 totally. got gifted. Yeah, totally win. got gifted. So let's uh, let's talk about Cloud9. So obviously they win, they're in. If they lose, then they have to lose. What are we talking about? If they about? lose, they're in, I think, or something. No, they have to at least win two games to get in. Oh, no, you're right, you're right. They have to win once. So it's tough, too. <laughs> and especially against... Well, they have KDU. That's the problem. Wait, yeah. is, is this upgrade? Is this updated? I think so. I'm looking at um, Wiki or Team Liquid. Yeah, I thought it was at the end, though. Pretty good, usually. Yeah, it's probably. Yeah, I think um, it's. I think this it's was probably the end of like that second round for them, I guess, or yeah. the third round. So yeah, th- it looks like they have to. Um, they either have to win or they have to lose three two to actually get into a tiebreaker with AFB, and. Yeah, so we're we're looking at a lot of potential ties here, which is uh, yeah exciting for a lot of folks. You know, that's kind of what you want to see, right? Just a, a really, really t- uh, close close matches or at least in the group stages this is pretty much what you what you would want it's like a, a just last matches actually being um being uh, for getting you know just just being able to move on basically elimination matches so uh that happens when are these matches happen is that that today or no it's usually is it next two, week it's probably friday is okay. i think friday is lunatic high and envy's group and then i'm assuming next friday or next Tuesday. Next Tuesday, the, right. Okay. Yeah, oh, so I'm, my bad, too. I was thinking that there were four games for each team, but there's only three. Yeah, so, there's only three games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, C9, I mean, Combox was never supposed to be AF Blue. Yeah, that was really surprising. But the interesting thing here is that, like, AF Blue could have beaten Kungdu and Sia. Mm-hmm. That's so, it makes, like, the whole bracket seem a little bit closer. I think C9 has a good shot to even just win, which is obviously great for them. But, um... Yeah, this is this gives them a lot more breathing room in terms of their condition to get out. Yeah, well, hopefully the hopefully the strong C nine shows up that day and uh, is able to to take it because it would be great. It would be great to see all four, and it looks like all four. It's still possible. The dream is still possible for all four to get there. So, um, you know, let's 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 just hope. And I'm biased too. What can I say? Uh, but I'm thinking that I'm going to guess that two of them get through. And two of them don't get through. Mm, I'll go three one. I, I, I could say all, I don't know. Like I, if I was gonna bet, I go all four just because. But it's probably gonna be three. I don't think. I don't think misfits can do it. I mean, I think yeah, they can do it. I just don't think that they're going to. It's the toughest yeah. one. Yeah. Fnatic. This is. There's no surprises in this group. Actually, this is the. This group went the way it was supposed to. I believe. Like Fnatic was always gonna come down to runaway. I think Flashlux is like the weakest team at the tournament. Yeah. So um Fnatic doesn't look good though right now. I don't think Rafflegator's in Korea. I think he had like some personal issues to take care oh, of. Really? So they're coachless and it oh. you could tell that they were coachless based off last week's games. They had like everyone switching roles all of a sudden mm-hmm. for some like a randomly cool Matt was playing Roadhog instead of Azaria, and like I think Happy was on Genji. So they're experimenting. Mm. They can win though. I think they'll win. Actually, I think they'll I think win. Fnatic will win. Yeah, they should win. I think. Yeah. Runaway's got those sick pink grandma like hoodies <laughs> though, so I'm not oh, sure if like the intimidation factor is gonna 
play into that. <laughs> no, I think those sick pink hoodies are gonna give him a pink on this this diagram right here. I don't know, man. So, uh, but yeah, it's a, well, I'll have to see. It's exciting. Definitely check that out, guys. I know it's early in the morning, but at least check the vods out uh, whenever you guys wake up. Uh, pretty exciting in there. Uh, and then I guess we have e-frags at the end. Uh, I didn't, I can't well, maybe. Before we move on, before oh, yeah, we move on. Yeah, go ahead. There's a, there's just a clip that was going semi-viral on Reddit. Oh, uh, okay. From Rascal. Uh, oh, the uh, Sombra, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, let's talk yeah, about from the Sombra. Kong Tu Panthera, Rascal, uh, played insane with Sombra. Yes. He made Sombra look so good. Always flanking hacking the Reinhardt shield, opening it up for his team over and over and over again, winning 1v1s versus 76s, just staying alive for epically long, throwing out EMPs that hit three, four, five different people on the enemy team. Like, he made Sombra look OP. He did. But, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's few and far between, but, you know, you see the potential. Yeah, we've been talking about it just here and there, right? It was just a matter of time before we started seeing that, and... Yeah, I mean, he he was hacking and not dying either. You know, that that was the biggest thing, right? It wasn't just like, oh, yeah, he just goes in there, hacks his Ryan shield, dies, and then just how it goes. No, he was actually staying alive and just continually continually um, contributing like for entire fights and stuff. So, yeah, I, th- I think this is just the future. I think we'll continually see it. And right now, mm. you don't think so? I mean, I view it as like Kung Fu Panther playing with their food. Like God, that Lion King yeah. scene with like Scar and he's like sitting there like dangling the Perhaps. dead belt right in front of his face. Yeah, that's kind of Kung Fu Panthera playing with flashlights. Oh wow! Okay, so just like around, I think right? Kung Fu Panthera is like top one or like top three in that tournament right now, yeah. easily. And flashlights is they've only won one map this entire tournament, so I think they they were just kind of flexing a lot there. I mean, it was a good somber play for sure. I, I just don't know if they would have normally went for it or if it was just a. I mean, I, I don't think it will become kind like. Of thing. I don't think it will become like the regular uh, meta or standard, but it's, it's something that they can break out like for a meta. Yeah, yeah for sure. Something. I mean, that's it's impressive watching that kind of play. Is just like wow. Okay, this there's a lot of potential for this. All right, so um, why don't we move on? We got some questions actually that's going to be it for the events um and we've actually got some email questions to kind of round out the show uh thanks to all you folks for uh, sending in these questions but also i want to give a shout out to all the folks that are listening on itunes um for those of you that you know watch it every week they probably don't even know that we have a lot of folks that listen to this uh, podcast on itunes as well as google podcast and uh, we also have it available on soundcloud too but a uh, big sh- shout out to the folks that have left us five star reviews and uh very nice comments. That that ass doe for eighty and eclectic twelve sixteen. Thank you so much for doing that. And for those of you that do enjoy or do listen to the show on iTunes, if um, if you leave you know nice review for us, it helps other folks find the overview and maybe get a chance to enjoy it just like you guys do. So um, also, help it's your opportunity awesome. to make Chris say uh, your hilarious that username. That ass doe. That ass doe, man. I'm surprised that it was ass. not four twenty. Is we're pretty close. 480. <laughs> Might as well. It was 420. Well. He knew he wouldn't have said it. <laughs> it goes That's from right. a troll. Right. It goes from a subtle troll to an obvious troll at that point. Back off a little bit, you know. That, yeah. <laughs> Good point, Ben. Good point. Um, okay, let's talk. Let's talk some email questions here. Um, let's see. The first one we've got 
is has to do with actually it's from Smeg. So actually Smeg has a bunch of different questions. So um, let's start off with the first one, which is is the return of two 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 composition due to the diva nerf or just a byproduct of Apex season? Uh, I mean, frankly, two 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 is not like so two 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 is more 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 viable and like and a lot more teams are running it but they're also running three dps and they're <laughs> also still running three tanks like right now it honestly feels like almost any kind of composition is is viable uh and yes i mean obviously diva being nerfed is a big part of that reason um you know uh nerfs to ana make tanks comparatively less powerful the versus dps uh, but I, I I wouldn't it's not you, you shouldn't assume that two 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 is like the new standard because the new standard seems like it's way up in the air and people are trying all different kinds of compositions in all different kinds of situations on defense and offense. So um, I mean yes and no I guess is is my answer to that. I, I don't know. What do you think, Flame? Um, I mean I think the diva nerf definitely has a big impact on the resurgence of the two two two. I don't know if it's like the fact that it, I don't know if it's like the new meta or like a defined meta, but conceptually you would run D.Va before to like deal with 76. And then like the only heroes that were semi good against D.Va were like Hog and like Zarya. Yeah. So now if the 76 can deal with the D.Va super easily, then suddenly why are you running it? And then Zarya becomes a little bit more interesting to run or like more appealing. And then maybe Genji becomes more appealing. So it's more... Like, I, I definitely think that the 222 return definitely has a lot to do with Diva's nerf because she was taking up that second DPS or off tank, whatever slot. But, um, yeah, Agreed. as far as the Apex meta, they've been running a lot of different things. Um, Genji's very, very popular right now, I think, because teams nano boosting, Gen like, nano Genji's always been good, but teams are running Farah now too on a lot of maps mm -hmm. uh, on king of the hill just because it's hard <laughs> to run mccree stuff like that i don't know there's a lot of different reasons but the meta i wouldn't say that there's a defined meta right now i think the meta right now and what we're seeing is great uh, i mean it's going to settle I, I think it will settle eventually but i don't know bastion's coming soon yeah, and, so I I mean, and so is mercy like the ch mercy changes might be bigger than people think Okay, that's yeah, that's true too. Uh, he had another f a question that had to do with um, actually the the Rascal Sombra and Apex and and the Bastion changes coming. Do you see these two heroes being picked a lot more and becoming a foundation of the new meta? And if so, what what teams do you believe um, are most fit or or benefit the most other than Kundu Panthera, obviously? Uh, Hard to say sure with Bastion. Bastion. Yeah, like I don't even know who is a notable bastion player bastion's definitely going to be picked like there's not gonna there's no doubt that people are going to run him i think right now at least not, even on like hybrid maps i'm surprised that we don't see more bastion currently to be honest like you can do a lot of really cheesy stuff with like may walls and like using may walls to like delay a bastion setting up on some crazy spot but when you consider the fact that now he's tankier and it's gonna be harder to deal with him and they're nerfing roadhogs cooldown um it's gonna get scary i think i don't know yeah i think so it might be bye bye reinhardt man <laughs> actually once that starts happening but i think if you have but back to the question sombra hacks bastion and pulls them out of siege form so like maybe you'll start running sombra to deal with bastion um right you can like just 
EMP him and he'll pull out of his turret form. So that's cool. So maybe, I don't know. There's a lot of teams I think that can't really run Sombra currently just because they don't really have a quote unquote like Sombra player. But I mean, as far as Bastion players go, maybe the new NRG roster will be really sick with their Bastion play, but who knows? I know. Siegel wants to play Bastion so badly. Uh, <laughs> um, really? That seems. I mean, he's been talking about it forever. I feel like it's the earliest days. I don't know. But, I, don't, uh, I don't feel like that would be great. One Great thing that I think him. is I, I think it's really funny is uh, you see like one pro team pull out a Sombra super effectively, and I guarantee you, so many more people are going to be playing Sombra on ranked now. Like it, it kind of reminds me, Chris, of like the early StarCraft days when like Idra would show this new Roach timing, right? Uh, and then like you go <laughs> up play on ladder, and everyone's doing this exact thing. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot more Sombra at least in ranked play uh, after the after. But yes, last night, I guess. I mean, what we need if that happens is a bunch of, you know, guides and videos to talk about how to build around Sombra because that's one thing that have that, that's the hardest part, right? The thing is, is like, mm. yeah, okay, you know, you can have Sombra, but you know, at the actually the mid levels, lower levels, people don't even know, like, okay, what am I supposed to do around it? Like, is she DPS? Is she like what is she exactly? And what do I replace her with? And like, how do we build? Do we just go single tank? We go single healer? Like, what do we do? Yeah, good luck convincing anyone to go single healer below a certain SR. <laughs> I know, right? I've had people in GM exactly. start throwing games because all we have is an Ana on defense or something, or even on King of the Hill. Like, there's way worse compositions you can have <laughs> yeah. besides that aren't, oh, like, over one healer. Uh, I mean, perhaps they are just they were just playing with their food, as you mentioned, playing, but <laughs> playing that's something food. that Kongdu Panthera did also last night, is uh, just single solo heal. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's strong. Like, yeah. Um, if you're in a ranked game, I mean, this is this is like off topic, but like if I'm in a ranked game and I have a Widowmaker on my team that's not going to switch, I actually just tell my Lucio to get off Lucio and just play whatever. Like just run single healer. It doesn't matter. Nice. And just like overload with DPS and just hope that that works. Because if you're relying on a Widowmaker to do damage and she's not doing damage, you might as well have someone yeah, else exactly. do damage. Right. Because like, we don't really healing. need that much heals. No. You're not healing. But single healer is definitely real. <laughs> You know, yeah. There's no reason to heal dead people, right? But then there's right. people in like below. I don't know how low, but I know that there's a lot of people who will argue with you that like you need like Anna Lucio Symmetra. Like Anna Symmetra is just not good enough or something, and that's like completely false. But depending yeah, hell on who no. you talk to, like they want the triple support. <laughs> that's that's an easy way to lose a game. Triple support. Wow. <laughs> I fight against that wow. every time. So if the, anyone ever says that, I'm like, oh god, how are you at this rank right now? Uh, uh, okay, let's see. He's let's see maybe one more from Smeg since this is the first time he's written. Which one? Well, I'll let you one of you guys pick. Ben. Anyone looking interesting here? Uh, we already kind of talked about Sombra. We've talked about ultimates in general on like a dozen different shows. I guess I don't know. Is the Sombra's ultimate charge too fast? I don't know. I mean, yes. Yeah, I don't know. There's no, no like. There's, <laughs> it's a pretty straightforward answer. Is yes. Yeah, um, I think she does too. And one reason... thing that I noticed too, or this was different, was like I was doing custom games, and I, I like again, I nerfed healing to like ninety percent or something. It doesn't really affect Sombra much because the health pack still gave the same amount. Oh yeah. <laughs> but um, conceptually, I think that there's a problem when like a hero is like destined to get the first salt, like from a design standpoint, but um. It makes I think that it makes the risk a little bit lower. 
Which is why I'm surprised that these teams running triple DPS stuff aren't running like with a Sombra. You might as well yeah, at that point. I, I, I agree. I'm surprised. Just like EMP and then use your quad DPS stuff to get kills, but I don't know. I'm, I think, I think we're at the precipice of seeing like everybody, like the EMP on display and just like everybody feeling how powerful it is and, and getting to a point where they have to, you know, they reevaluate or they have to nerf just the speed of her, her ult. We, it's just not a problem because nobody's playing her that much yet. Like once she does start playing a bit more, I think that, then that's when it'll start becoming obvious. Well, she's an alt bot. Is kind of the yeah, thing. right. It's like that's kind of all she has is the alt. So well, she was doing a little bit more. Like at least when Rascal was playing her, I think it's it's possible to do more. It's just that I think it takes a lot to be able. Yeah, to I mean, keep I, her alive. I think there's two things here. Uh, one of one is a, a topic that's kind of recurring across a lot of our shows is that. Sombra's ult, there's there's really not any way to counterplay against it. I mean, you can go invisible and throw your TP and, and TP right over the, the enemy team, and there's absolutely no way to stop that. Like it's it's actually impossible. Like, unless you have predictive spam around corners that like decloaks her or something, there's no way to really stop <laughs> right. Sombra's EMP, which support know, Hanzo. You know, <laughs> what? <laughs> Just throw uh, up the wall hack. Holy oh, 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 I got Amazing. you. Yeah. Good point. All Brilliant. right, there's there's the one Brilliant. counterplay, but even still, like anyway. Uh, so that's one aspect that like it's at a for high level play, it's kind of frustrating that there isn't really any counterplay. And also, as Flame said, um, you know, you can hack, you can do d damage, but really, Sombra is all about her alt. So would the character be more fun and dynamic and unique if? Maybe her other abilities were slightly better, and her ultimate was not so important, and you, or maybe you didn't get it, get it so fast. Like, yeah, I can definitely buy that argument. Well, I, I guess the question with Sombra is, outside of Reinhardt Shield, how bad is her hack really on each character? Like, I mean, have you? Is it super powerful? She, she I mean, she just she, dies a lot of times. No, she's really good. It's just it's all positioning game. Like, mm -hmm. I had a conversation with like time of the other day or like last week about dive comp and stuff and like there was a video or i don't know which match it was but i saw a sombra like hacking people on anubis point one from like the upper ledges yeah i remember we talked about this I and think, like you just yeah. you can like i mean a hacked tracer useless a hacked winston useless a hacked genji is useless wait how is hacking tracer useless no i mean i mean they're useless yeah so All like right. She's very good, but like you have to play her in like this weird like you can't see me like you know you like you want the tracer to be going for your Anna then hacker or like yeah, yeah you have to initiate Anna, first hacker. yeah you have to be the initiator basically yeah or you have to like sneak up out of the shadows and like wait for them yeah but she's really good it's just it's hard I think to effectively use her and I think she's probably the hero that relies most on communication so pub sombras generally have a bad rep because if you're not using your mic. Like, oh, I EMP'd all six of them, but like no one's there to follow up, or your team didn't expect it, or what's well, it's, it's your Reinhardt was out of I don't know. It's particularly tough because she's almost like solo mission majority of the game, and then she gets her all, and then she has to like like coordinate with everybody. Otherwise, she's yeah. just sniping, you know, trying to snipe or peel people one one by one. So it, it's it's a pretty hard <laughs> to actually find somebody that's that's able to do that and will communicate at least at the lower levels. So. um I don't know. Hopefully, we'll. I don't know. People will learn how to play Sombra and it'll become a, uh, a widely 
known and accepted thing, but I still see that as being very long, painful, uh, educational ride. And when, whenever you have people starting to play her more, because I still don't see her played at all, at least in our levels. And like you said, I think Sombra is probably one of the most, you know, she, she and kind of like Hans, or kind of like the widows before were like, are like the most, um, rage inducing picks that, <laughs> that your teammates can, can have. And it's just like, God, why are you picking Sombra? You better be good. And most of the time it's, you know, she's not very good. So, um, all right, so we got one another question here. Actually, the last question, and uh, we we almost never take questions from console folks, or like we never not not take questions. We never get questions from any console folks. So uh, Daniel W is um, an actual top five hundred PS4 support main, and he says I'm playing a team. I'm in a team scrimming, or he I guess he scrims a lot with his team a bit and uh console version has a really huge problem with balancing pharmacy most of the time we have the same or very similar top ranked meta as pc but since fair buffs um since the fair buffs <laughs> you play six mans against six mans with top farah and your team doesn't doesn't have a fair player to match theirs you will lose no one ever discusses this problem maybe no one cares about the top meta on console but for me and my team it's a really huge issue and i don't know why that has never been brought up and if you're six manning in a high master's point gain points gain and loss is so weird and random and whenever we want to, man this is a long sentence whenever we want a six man on ladder we we have to uh, run our smurfs otherwise we lose ranks with 60 percent uh, we lose rank with 60 percent win percentage so um but anyways I, I think the the gist of it is that i think Farah is a big problem on consoles you know at least the the power of Farah and I'm guessing it's because it's hard to to aim harder to aim with with soldier or at least at, at the same op, the efficiency as it is on PC. Uh, how do you guys interpret this? Um, I don't know if that's so. He the question goes on. Is it just Good a question? Really? Yeah, yeah, I don't think I don't even think he cares about the fire mercy so much. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> is it just a console problem, or is no one on PC six manning in higher ranks? We don't have almost any tournaments. I, but I think it should be addressed by Blizzard. What do you think? Nobody um, six mans, man. Yeah, well, yeah so like there's two. Yeah. It's a two-parter, right? It's like is yeah. Fire and Mercy overpowered on console? I have right. no idea. I don't have the data. I would imagine it's probably good, right? Because hitting three shots and really six shots is probably really hard on controllers. I don't know if there's like that's, that's what stuff. I would guess too. Yeah, but if Mercy's healing at the same rate and Fire is doing the same damage and it's harder to just click on her with a controller, then that makes sense. Yeah. Um, nobody six mans in NA because that's suicide. That's how you lose friendships. That's how you kill friendships. <laughs> what? Um, oh man. Nobody ranks six man in anything above like masters. I don't think. I've. Ne- it's very rare that you run into a GM six stack. Um, point being, because if you lose, which is definitely doable, unless you're like I remember in season one, C nine used to like six stack ladder, and it was the most obnoxious thing in the world, but. If you lose a game like that, you like tank an entire you used to tank an entire level. I don't even know what it's like now. You probably lose like fifty points. So the gains become like five points for a win, fifty points for a loss. Um that should it be like hard. that? I don't know. Shouldn't uh, be like that. Probably, I, mean, I guess. I mean you should if you're playing a six stack and you're losing to like solo cures, then I think it's fair that you lose more. But um I, yeah, six stack is I rough. Guess, uh, yeah. It's a. I don't even know how you solve this problem because people really, when ranked first came out, 
it was like one of the hot button issues was, hey, I'm playing solo and I'm keep getting played uh, matched against six stacks or five stacks, whatever. And it's not fair. It's not fair. So basically the internal MMR adjusts your your team MMR up if you have larger groups within it because it assumes your teamwork is going to be better. So either you play against another six stack or more likely a lot of the time you actually end up playing against just teams with higher skill rating higher internal MMR or, you know, uh, SR. So in a way, if you don't have really good teamwork with that six stack or the five or four stack or whatever, you're basically playing against like better players. Um, and to boot, you lose more SR when you lose and you gain less SR when you win. So almost nobody at a high rank that I know, at least six stacks ever. In fact, almost nobody does even three stacks. Like usually it's duo queue. Sometimes you see three stacks, um, but it's like above three stack is, is so, so rare right now uh, in the, in the, you know, the masters GM range. Like I basically never see it. I mean, this brings up the whole team queuing thing. Like, cause I, I think it's really like the system. I understand why the system's that way. It makes sense. It's logical. You know, like teamwork should, uh, normally, uh, you know, just increase the skill level or just, you know, throw off the MMR a little bit in favor of you. So I, I kind of get that. But at the same time, like all these things that we're talking about really discourage grouping and especially discourage any kind of social aspect, whether it's competitive or not. I don't, I don't really care that it's like the latter or, or it's, it's quick play. And, um, you know, like one ideal situation for me, at least at the lower ranks, you know, not necessarily at the top, the lower ranks is that, you know, I want to just like have six friends that we can just climb together, you know, like we, and we lose, then we know it's because we, you know, we did something wrong and we just learn from it and we can actually track our progression instead of like, okay, well we had a thrower there, so we just got to take that loss and we just got to grind, you know, it's like more of a grind. Right. So, um, but anyways, I, I think it's, it's tough. Like I hopefully, I mean, I, I don't want them to promote just duo queuing, solo queuing. That would suck. You know, like, I, I think that there should be some kind of grouping aspect to it. And, and it might have to be that, that group ladder or that, that team ladder that we were talking about that other games have. And it's actually unfortunate. I, I think it's, I don't really like the current situation because I think you should be able to six stack and not have like a huge disadvantage if yeah, you me want too. to. Me too. Uh, I don't know how you balance it, but I mean, Siegel was doing a six stack ranked stream the other week like last week and people loved it it was so much fun to have six seasoned pros playing together it, it, it was it was cool but like they eventually had to stop because they were gaining so little sr and they were playing against teams with higher sr averages and and it just didn't make sense for them rank wise to keep going uh but it was a lot of fun to watch and probably a lot more fun to play too so i think in an, an ideal situation you have the opportunity to six stack right i mean all right so like when this game launched i remember because it was like a year ago or it wasn't a year ago it was a year ago when we had the discussion because it was at pax east i remember thinking to myself like at the topic came up and i was like you only have like we're only gonna have ranked and quick player like this game discourages playing with your friends because like one of the things that i think i love the most about tf2 is just like the concept of pubbing and like the map would change and you'd be able to like rock the boat switch the map and stuff <laughs> yeah. but you're lo- like you're locked right now if you want to like play with your friend who's in diamond like if if you're me and you want to play with your friend who's in diamond you like have to almost make a new account or else the, mm-hmm. like that person's right. just not going to have fun and i bring up this example cuz like 
ammunition was doing sub games. This was like six months ago or probably even more. And I joined them and we were like six stacking quick play. And I swear to you, I have never felt worse in my life because it made the game so hard for everyone that was in the group. But I was just like trying to make it seem like it was winnable, but obviously it wasn't. So like after one game, I just stopped because I felt I like actually felt bad that the well, everyone else was just having such a worse time. Yeah, I mean, if and, you're just one person that throws off five people's MMR, that yeah, like it's like really, rough. it's really rough. So I don't know how you fix that. Um, as far like that's a different problem than the ranked thing. I mean, personally, I would rather if you're in top 500 or GM, you shouldn't be able to group at all. I would just rather solo queue so that the top 500 ranks mean something or are more meaningful. But um, in terms of being able to pub with friends, it's I don't I, I don't like the current status of quick play because I think it tries too hard to like balance the game and then it doesn't let you like play the full match back and forth. And then yeah. like people quit and they don't care because it's quick play but um yeah it's a it's a little bit too casual and i mean there there is some competitive like i said there's a competitive scenario where you can have a social aspect to it too and right now it's i don't know right now you're definitely penalized more so or you're you're encouraged not to more so than you are yeah like i have friends like streamers that want to play with me and like i don't know how to like there's no easy way to do it right yeah. now that that like is meaningful or like enjoyable because yeah. if I'm skewing the SR range, and then suddenly my 3K friends are playing against 4K players, like yeah, I mean, I even had just a minor version of it with my son. I, I had to just drop all the way down just to play with him, you know, and not not try to. And, and we have friends that like friends that I normally play with. I can't play with them and with my son because it just totally skews everything. So I've already I've experienced it too. Even where I am, it's definitely tough. I think I think it pulls up instead of checking the bot. Like so, like if you're in TF2, right? if you were like in a 12v12 server and you were like a great player, you could just like run around doing whatever you want and you would like stomp people yeah. and like your score would be like infinitely higher than everyone else's. And I guess maybe they want to avoid that scenario. Yeah. But I think that like, it should be like that just because I feel like it's, it's okay. More like, fun for, yeah. Like that yeah, I think okay, is more accessible. Right. It's like, Oh, that guy's just really good. But like, what are the odds that someone's going to come in and like try hard, super, super incredibly on like tracer or something against a bunch of like i don't know gold rank players or something right right i don't know how to fix that there's probably like some weird game design theory logic yeah. there but again i can't play with diamond friends and i think that that's kind of shitty okay well why don't we wrap up i know ben's got to get going here so um why don't we do some shout outs uh flame you want to start off where can people find uh, you find me in discord find me on twitch find me on youtube I made a video for lower ranked players last week. It got a lot of really good feedback. <laughs> After trying being to make criticized more. for not doing it, you yeah. immediately made one. So yes, Flame. Well, they were saying like I got yelled at. They were like, someone made a post saying like, "Why does Flame hate platinum players?" Or something. <laughs> yep, yep. Like, why is he making it seem like we're not worth their time? And like, I never meant to do that. I just you have to realize that like trying to analyze very random chaotic things isn't very fun. So whatever, I made a video. Like how to play each hero at like a basic level. It got to the front page of our Overwatch, which was pretty cool. It was nice. edited. It was an hour long. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to make more, but it's hard because I'm realizing like there's a lot of intricacies to things that are in this game. Like I tried to do a video on just like team compositions, but you can't do that. I don't think no, you have it's... to like know you have to know a lot of things before that. And it's like very. I'm trying to like figure out what the next logical step is. I think I might do a video on like just the modes and like how to play them. But 
that went well. So yeah, just look out for that. Cool. And shout out to I guess dot esports for putting out an article on me today, which was pretty oh, sweet of yeah, them actually. I'll link that, that link yet. that in there. Link that in the chat. Find it. Come on. While he's doing that, Fish Sticks, you want to do some shouts? Yeah. Uh, thanks to everybody who tuned into the Tespa Collegiate Series over this last weekend. It was really fun to cast. And uh, we actually got a lot of really positive feedback as well. Um, folks on Reddit um, enjoyed watching the games. Production was good. Uh, they, they appreciated the commentary. We definitely tried to cater the commentary uh, to newer players. Uh, you know, Try to, of course, give the deeper analysis when possible, but a lot of the time it was really speaking to people maybe watching esports for the first time or watching collegiate uh, Overwatch for the first time. Um, and there's a really good response. So I had, a, I had a ton of fun. And if you want to catch the VODs, you can definitely go to twitch.tv slash team and do that. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, week is off, week off of ranked. So probably not going to be playing or streaming this week. But yeah. when I do come back, uh, look forward to streaming some more ranked adventures as well. I'm going for top 500 this season. Yeah. It's happening. Do it. <laughs> um, so I'm going to give it a shot. Maybe you and Flame can do it sometime. And we can watch. That. I, I'm already. I'm losing friends, man. I tried to help poke climb today. Oh, no. I don't know if we're about. To, I don't know if we're on talk. I mean, we're definitely on talking terms because this is a normal occurrence. <laughs> what? Okay. But um. Wow. That's why solo queue is just like I'm just destined, you know. I'm just Kill, destined for it. Killing friendships. Yeah. You need to find someone as equally angry as you, which is why <laughs> I played with Too Easy last week. Right. Um, <laughs> Well, uh, I'll round things out. Thanking uh, both of you guys, obviously, for doing the show. All of you guys that have been watching, um, follow the show's Twitter at uh, the Overview GG. I keep, you know, I don't promote that enough, so you got definitely follow that because it would, that, if you just want to know only about the Overview and not, you know, everything else that I tweet on mine, then that's going to be the best place to do it. Uh, you can find the vods for it on YouTube.com/slash/ChamiMV. Uh, we're doing another streamer showdown this Friday, Overwatch edition. So. Uh, be on the lookout for that. That will probably be on Stir's channel, but it's going to be Rachel hosting Stir, Kefri, and Poke, actually. Oh. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Got some All new star. games. Yeah, got some new games we're going to be debuting, too. So, um, yeah, be on the lookout for that. If you don't know what that is, it's, it's my game show that I do that's um, going to be Overwatch or, or topical or, or everything. All the questions are going to be about Overwatch. Uh, and that's going to be it uh, for all the folks on iTunes. You can you can catch it a little bit later.